When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's right, everybody. We are back, and this is episode 143. Now, this title is not, hasn't been fully sold, so it might change, but right now, it's Level Up Your Junior Coding Skills. I'm Matt. That's Mike. And this week, we'll be taking a look at me a little bit. This is a mystery episode, so I'm trying to be a little ambiguous, even though it, we're in the episode now. So a mystery episode, if you have never heard one of them, is I come up with a topic. I have the notes sort of, quote-unquote, hidden just locally on my iPhone here, and... I don't tell Mike anything, and I kind of interview Mike in a way, but I more or less set out a kind of layout, actually, a situation, and then I ask him questions about it, and he gives me his two cents on it. So this one's kind of about me, and I I know that's really ambiguous, but I'm going to leave it that way until we get into it. Now, if this sounds interesting to you, because it should, because it's mysterious, and you want to support the show, you can go check us out on Patreon, leave a review or rating on your podcast app, join us in our Discord server, or share this with your friends. And now, the mystery unfolds. So, I'm going to do like an intro section here. A lot of this I've said repeatedly on the show, but I'm going to say it all at once because it's been piecemeal sort of mentioned throughout throughout different episodes. I'll lay it all out here, and then I have a few questions I'm going to ask Mike. Now, actually, Mike, I'm just going to mention one thing. So, I had an idea earlier that wasn't this, and the idea was... I was going to look up, because you know those, you know, there's always those, and I mean, we'll be writing them too, probably, but you know those, like, top 10 ways to get email conversions and top 20, so I was going to do that, because one of the things I did this week, and I'll get into it in the weekly growth goals segment later, is that I ended up not doing the uh, affiliate and the AdSense stuff that I said I was going to do, I ended up actually revamping a little bit of my designs for the HTML, the things website, just because I got some inspiration, actually, from the Webflow uh, guides slash Webflow University or whatever they call it. And so I like just like I really liked some of that stuff and I took their inspiration and I changed uh, some of my designs up. So that, that was what I changed my gr- weekly growth goal to. But anyway, long story short, because of these design changes, I was going to start. I was asking Mike earlier in the week, hey, like, what do you think about these type of ads? Do you like scrolling ads? Like, I know these are annoying, but do you like this? And do you like that? And we had a we had a brief conversation over what was good and bad for our audience, which are mostly developers. And I was going to take like, let's say two top 10 or two top 15 articles. So like, let's say up to 30 points. And I was going to condense them down to like five to 10 points of my favorite ones from different blogs. And I was going to ask you, and I started reading them and they are like, I know they're super valuable and super valuable for marketers. It is so damn like boring. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. It's one of those things where we're more technical, right? So you want to put things together and you want to like build this component. You don't want to sit there and be like, but this do users click here and like blah, blah, blah. And I understand it's very important to have heat maps and like whatever, like hit like a, I guess it's a heat map for like where, where people click the most, you know, it kind of shows like, oh, people click here the most and people click. And I understand it's important for us, 
But just reading through that stuff, it just it just killed me. And so I was like, I just don't want to be uninspired for an episode. But that stuff is very important. Nothing nothing wrong with you if you like that stuff, because I'm going to have to do it. It's just it's a part of life. But it's just that being a marketer just just ain't for me. <laughs> like being a marketer full time or like researching that type of stuff just ain't for me. Although it's weird. I dabble in UX. But anyway, I digress. It's fine. I'm just start talking about the actual episode. So we're going to unfold this mystery here and, and, and just start doing this little intro. So I'm versed, obviously, personally, in web development, but I'm a jack of all trades, to say the least. Now, if you were to, say, take a snapshot of a, of a day in the life of me, I'd start by, let's say, checking. This is a very, very general day, but I'd start checking my email for support requests and other communications and then dealing with said communications, which takes anywhere from the whole day to a couple hours or whatever, just based on what the communications were, if supports needed and whatever. And then I, we have a contractor that we work consistently with, so I will I check in with them if if there's something to be checked on, basically. Uh, and then uh, basically what I do is I then start working on whatever is on the ticket. So, you know, the blog or I'm working on the hat website or doing whatever. And I usually get interrupted a few times while I'm doing this by customer emails and calls and mixed into all this stuff. I get kind of get inspired here and there. And I like to plan new infrastructure ideas, uh, new infrastructure and uh, different ideas. So to clarify that, it's more like I do a lot of our like customer backups and this and that. So I kind of like being like, oh, maybe we should do these backups earlier. Oh, these, this is a quicker way to backup. Hey, we, we should back up to here, stuff like that. Um, and I kind of like come up with those ideas, but I also come up with ideas for like new podcast episodes and those type of things. So that's kind of weaved in. So I'm kind of all over the place. And the reason why I mention all this, because it sounds like I'm rambling, is because it should be obvious that at this point that everything I do takes a minor amount of time rather than a major amount of time spent on one single thing. I don't program for a long time. I don't spend a lot of time on emails, et cetera, et cetera. So basically I get a lot of good, pra I don't, I don't, excuse me, get a lot of good practice time with anything. I'm not just in the email sphere and I'm like really, you know, nailing down my email responses. I'm not just programming and really getting better with JavaScript or whatever I'm working with. I'm kind of all over the place. I'm just sort of wearing the multiple hats like a small business does. Now with this, I find myself at a point right right now where I can hold a conversation with almost anyone from the entrepreneurial side of things through server admins, IT personnel, and programmers alike. But if it was something where I had to jump into their role, I really couldn't without maybe some memory jogging if I had to like, I'm rusty, right? Got to bang the rust off. Or at the very least, I would have to get a little bit of research and training, stuff like that. And some stuff I would need a lot of training. So it just really depends. But I can hold a conversation. Now, if we zoom in for this episode's purpose on programming, this puts me in the interesting position. It puts me in an interesting position, I should say. And that position is that I feel experienced because I've been doing this for years, but I also somewhat feel like a newbie kind of an imposter syndrome, if you will. And thus, this finally leads us to what this mystery episode is all about. In this, I don't know, hypothetical or whatever you want to call it, let's say I want to build up my programming skills. Because we're going to be writing content about programming and stuff, and I can write about productivity and a little bit of programming and stuff, but a lot of stuff is kind of out of bounds to me. So now we've said it, you know, our guests have said it, and it's been said over and over and over again. People are, and you got, you might be screaming this. The listener might be screaming this right now. And you're, you might be saying, just code, just code, Matt. What are you doing? Just code. You'll get to it. Get better and better. But here's the thing. And I think that a lot of people are in this situation. This is why this is an episode topic is I'm at this weird point where 
I'm the master of several concepts, but I'm completely ignorant of others and how they work. Completely ignorant. Like, I don't even know where some of the stuff, what some of the stuff is. And so here's my questions, okay? My topics, whatever you want to call them. And I have one, two, three, four of them. And maybe we won't get to them all, whatever. But these are the questions I'm going to talk to talk to Mike about and get his two cents because he spends a lot of time doing just programming. Now, he does other stuff, small business, of course, but he has a lot more time where he spends a major amount of time doing one thing. So first question, first topic, given our current workload of spinning up passive income projects and working on client work, in my case, I'm working a lot with Webflow, WordPress and Moodle. So some little bit of programming. A little bit of not programming, obviously, some no-code tools in there, some stuff's already set up for me, of course, whatever, a lot of administration tasks in there. What can I do in these contexts, so the Webflow, the Moodle, and the the WordPress, to get better at programming? What can I do to improve my programming skills in the current work environment that I find myself in? Hmm. So it's a good question. Uh, And it's also... Okay. There's a lot you can do inside of those concepts to do it. So let, let's go to Webflow. Webflow is a no-code tool no code tool that has a lot of functionality built in that allows you to kind of visually program and create a website. So Webflow itself, yes, it's a no-code tool. But something that we've talked about multiple times is developing stuff for Webflow. Whether that be a plugin, which I don't know if actually they take third-party plugins or not, or be like a template. So I think the one thing you could definitely do to get way better at programming and code development in general is to take on the task of making like a basic template for Webflow. Something that you not only expect to kind of submit to a store, but you expect other people to use. So in that sense, you're not only creating like uh, something for yourself to use and just quickly writing a bunch of code, you're actually learning how to create well-documented code, create reusable components in your code and stuff like that. Um, I, and again, I haven't looked at Webflow's structure, like file structure and coding, but I bet it has a lot of similarities in terms of, you know, getting something to generate on a page to something like Laravel or something like Satamic or something like uh, WordPress, anything like, you know, one of those all-in-one kind of platforms for like CMSs. So honestly, like, out of the things that you're doing right now, which is, again, Webflow, Moodle, and a little bit, of, I guess, a little bit of WordPress as well, that could be another area where you can go into it, the WordPress side and just create, again, very basic template. Don't start, don't like go into it thinking, okay, I'm going to make a 50-page template so that every single scenario is going to be taken. No, go into it thinking, okay, I'm going to make a one-page template as like a a regular landing page for something like a, a launch page for a, for an app. That's all I'm going to do one page. And with that smaller fraction of cognitive burden on you, instead of having to think about 50 million different things and how to implement them, and you just have to f- implement one little thing, then you can take the steps that you need to take to actually accomplish that goal. And it's going to involve sitting down and coding, which is what you need to do. As we, as you've already said, and as like all of our guests have said, you just got to sit down and code, but you have to have an excuse to do that. And in your particular case, it would, in my opinion, be to create a fully like, you know, take, make a template for either web, Webflow or WordPress from scratch 
And how I would do that is literally like first, I would probably watch a YouTube video, 10, 15 minute, put it on like 1.5 times, see how it's done from a very high level, just a quick, you know, video and be like, okay, so those are the pieces that you're going to need to learn. Then I would go down and start like actually writing the code, then go back to another video or go to the documentation that, you know, it's, it's that like TikTok step where you watch something and then you immediately apply it. And while you're applying it, you're going to run into other problems. And you're going to search for those other problems, watch something else, read something else, and then apply that knowledge. So as long as you're constantly like reading and writing, reading, watching and writing in, in terms of code, you're going to have progress and it's going to be pretty quick progress as opposed to like, you know, okay, I'm going to watch this three hour course on how to create a fully comprehensive web, web flow tutorial, um, web flow template. And then, you know, two hours into the course, you're like, what, what's going on? Like, how did they even start this project? How does this thing work? It's not going to give you that satisfaction and that knowledge that you need. And that idea of like just sitting there and coding, whereas something, a, a quick tutorial and a quick code base will give you that. And I think that's interesting advice, too, because the first thing that you would think of is, hey, you know, let's build out a WordPress plugin, let's say. So then the instant you say that, it sort of starts getting intense immediately because you don't want to start, you don't want to make a template that's so simple that it's just like a little toggle switch. But at the same time, when you want to int- when you want to make a template or when you want to make a plugin, of course, there's a million million and one ideas. But the first thing that comes to my mind would be an RSS reader. For some reason, I know there's ones out there, but that would be something where I'm like, hey, I'm pulling from a remote source, blah blah blah, so I can read t- and see how it, it already snowballs. Where it's like, I got to learn how to make a plugin now and and plug that into WordPress. But at the same time, I have to learn how to pull remote. Res- you know, it's starting. It's already snowballing. It's already snowballing. Then I got to have an RSS feed to test with. Now, those are available, but still. And then I got to see how to connect across these different sites. And it already, again, starts to snowball. And so that's interesting to say, you know, just start with that landing page, start with that template. And the thing is, too, is with Webflow, you know, Webflow, as far as I know with their templates, you know, you don't have to necessarily code anything, but it would be, but A, we're a small business, so it would get my design skills up. Right. And and warmed up because like they do slowly warm up. That's why I've retrofitted our blog because our blog was very plain. Now it's still standard, but way better than what it was, at least at least I think so. Um, but realistically, we're at this point where. I don't want it to snowball, you know, I, I don't want it to snowball. It's almost like it would be a side gig from for myself. Because I obviously still have to answer these clients. I still have to literally do stuff in Moodle for people. I have to literally do stuff for people, like in production, for people on Webflow. I have to do migrations for people, manage their email stuff, and blah, blah, blah. The list keeps going on. And so starting small makes a lot of sense. Because eventually, I would then feel as though I've mastered the next skill up. So I've like mastered the basics and that'll be my, that'll be part of my next question as well, but I've mastered the basics. Now I've mastered the basics plus, if that's a thing, if we were to put a brand on it. So that's an interesting way to think. And that gets me going toward a goal and gets me going toward a goal that I can, I can put that off, right? I can say, oh, I don't have time this week to work on this landing page that I'm working on as a template in WordPress. But I can 
you know, come back to that later. And the thing is, is you might be saying, hey, Matt, like, don't use WordPress. I think there's some good concepts there because I'm working with WordPress now. If someone has trouble, the more I know about WordPress, the more I can fix it and the faster I can fix it and the more I can do with it. But also I'm learning interesting programming concepts because I'm learning how to plug into something that's existing. I'm learning PHP, which is almost like, a, like if you will, like a vanilla backend language. And so I'm learning these interesting things. And if I get to the point where I master, let's say, PHP, or at least to a, a basic or intermediate level, then I can move on and say, oh, I want to use uh, a framework of some sort, uh, Laravel or something, right? Or I want to use this plugin because I don't want to keep reinventing the wheel. But I know how that plugin works on WordPress. So that's interesting. So start small, kind of don't let it snowball, basically. Yeah, start small and start familiar, too, so that it's, you're not in that spot where you're biting off too much you can chew, too much for you to chew and becoming and, and, and preventing that snowball. Exactly. So you need you need to be in a good state of mind to learn. And I think starting with something that you have a good base in, like building an HTML website and, you know, creating a simple landing page on a different platform is the right way to go. And once you do that, I guarantee you, even with Webflow, like I know you've already built like some sites and stuff like that with Webflow, but when you go into it from a different perspective of like you're creating this template for someone else, there's going to be, there's bound to be other things that you'll have to think of. And when you go down those rabbit holes, you're going to notice deficiencies, you're going to notice issues, and it's going to give you ideas of what you want to learn next. Yes, I think that's really the... The key, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, because there's been so many projects that you and I have started like we we do one of our both of us. One of our weaker skills is starting something and not finishing it. And I mean, I do this in real life all the time Buy totes to like store. I don't know. I don't I don't read, but I was gonna say books, but like to store something in it. And then I just never put I never clean that shelf and put the stuff in the tote. And now there's just a tote there. <laughs> so it's just like that's just like a skill that I don't have and or a skill that I I don't know if it's a skill, but it's something I struggle with. And having something that's so big, something that's so large, like uh, when we started Hat, one of the things we were going to do immediately was start selling templates. So I came up with a museum template that I wanted to make. It was called Roma. And then you sit there and you're like, holy crap, like I got to build all these things out. I have to see if I can plug in different plugins. I have to like actually design this thing. It has to be useful. I have to do market research and I can do all of that. But it's just it's biting off too much. It's biting off too much because Hat at that point, I don't even know if it even had a podcast. It may have, but it was so early and that's building out a museum site. You know, you don't think of it that way. Yeah, there's some intricacies and less communication with people, of course, without because you don't have a museum client there telling you exactly what they want. But you have to almost pretend like there is a museum client there. And you don't realize it, but you're building out a site. You know, for some reason, when we were like, yeah, we'll build out templates, it's easier. It might be easier, but it's not that much easier. And it's just something that you're not going to realize. And then the instant you're not going to realize on the onset. But then once you realize it, you're just like, okay, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to finish this. I don't have time. You get like unmotivated, you lose the motivation, whatever. And then boom, you're done. And it just, and it just sits there. And so, yeah, no, I'm with you on that. I think that's interesting. That's an interesting thing. Start something small and it will just sort of, it won't, hopefully it won't snowball, but you'll slowly advance basically. Uh, the next the next topic here, and I've, or like I said, I've mentioned this, but since I have, you know, all the basics mastered, let's say, so like I know, hey, I need JS for this, I need CSS for this, I know how to do this in CSS, etc. There's a lot of stuff I obviously don't know, like all of us, but 
I can build you a site, basically. Now, here's the thing. And we talk, we've talked about this a little bit. Should I be studying up on and or forcing myself to use, learn, read, I don't know, about advanced concepts like data structures and algorithms? Now, I'll give you a little bit of a backstory or a comment on this. The reason why I say this is because I'll be, you know, working away on my Webflow thing, whatever. And all of a sudden I'm like, hey, I need search. Now, Webflow has search. You can do website search. That's not a problem. But because I am technical and because I do know how servers work and stuff like this, I realize that I don't know how that search works. And then because of that, I start to think, hey, like if I were to be hired traditionally, like in an in an, uh, an agency, or if I were to be contracted to make a fully custom site with no plugins, I couldn't do this search. And then I start to think, well, holy crap, like I could probably make a search with tags and stuff. You know, you people tag the blogs. I, I read, I look for the tags, but then how does autofill work? And then see, you see how this, this, there's the snowball effect again, where I start worrying and I'm like, holy crap, I need algorithms, but what's an algorithm? How do I do it? And then does that, does that require math? And it keeps going and going and going. So what do you, what do you think about that kind of thing? Like, do you, we're not, in my case, I'm not looking to get hired to an agency, hired at an agency, but I will, you know, at some point be working for a client and I may need to do something that's semi-advanced. You know, should I be reading up on data structures and algorithms or is that something for the future or do I just never do that? And eventually I'll hire someone else to do that because I'll become like the manager. Like what, like for our specific situation, basically like a freelance agency and where I'm sitting, what do you think, Mike? Right. Uh, so you bring up a really good point with the with the search problem, right? So, in in a typical scenario, in my eyes, when you hit something like that, what you would do is you would create a very basic search. Like, let's say you were hired by a client; they need to search on their website. It's not a huge feature for them, but they just want it there. So, what you would do is exactly what you're saying. You would put tags there, right? And you would search through the tags. You already you already thought of that, so that's perfect. Then what's going to happen is you're going to learn a bunch. From just doing that, because you already know what direction to go into, that's what you're going to do. What's good after that, the client's going to be like, oh, I need to search like, you know, based on what I need, what I've written in my blog posts. Sure. So with your knowledge that you gain from just doing it the simple way that you already kind of understand and have researched, you're going to go back and have a better base knowledge of how to search for and figure out how to implement a more complex search. It's a gradual procedure. It's not like one of those things where you just pick up a, an algorithm and use it immediately. It's one of those things where you do it the basic way, the way that you know how to do it with a plugin or with your own kind of logic, just really simple. And you build on that with knowledge and with skills and with just learning. It, In my opinion, as a web developer in our particular case, it doesn't make sense for you to go out and start to learn data structures and algorithms on your own just for shits and giggles and hope that you're going to use one of them because the idea is, is that you're, you're probably not like, you're probably not going to use like a linked list in, in JavaScript. It's just not going to happen. Most of the constructs search included have been already made and tested a million times in JavaScript. You're never going to have to build a search from the ground up for whatever reason with JavaScript is what I'm saying. You're going to, you're going to need to know how to use it. Like you're going to need to know how to install a plugin. You're going to need to know how to set it up and have it 
like take in data and export 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 data. That's a concept you will have have to learn. But that's a concept that's documented very heavily, that has many examples on a YouTube video, on a tutorial, on a blog that you can take a look at and build upon. So you don't really need to know the concepts behind data structures and algorithms to be a good developer in JavaScript. Now, having said that, sometimes it's good to know that they're at least out there. So like there's like a algorithm called a singleton pattern which essentially just may just means that you're creating an instance of one method of one class and there can only ever be one of those at a time. So if you're like so let's say you're manipulating a d- database variable and you've uh, created a function to do that. The idea is you would you would make sure that that function is a singleton because you, what you don't want to do is you don't want to have eight people connected and all manipulating that same variable at the same time. You want to make sure that when that instantiation of that function is done, it's the only one alive at that point. And then it goes into a queue and the next one goes in. So just like that could at some point in your life come in handy just knowing that that's out there. But implementing it and knowing how to use it and stuff like that, that is something that you could easily look up once you actually need it. And this is like an outward case, like not an outward case, but it's an edge case where you really like on a day to day as a, as a web developer, you don't even need to know those kinds of things either. Cause most everything, all the libraries, all the frameworks, all that comes kind of pre-built with optimization and packages that make everything run fast enough. Only when you need to kind of deal with uh, applications at scale and applications of like, you know, uh, targeting an audience of very low power machines, like maybe you're targeting the elderly, or maybe you're targeting countries that still are developing their network infrastructure. At that point, yes, you might need to learn some data structure manipulation and some network optimization stuff that like is more way more advanced than what even I have learned, obviously, because you're trying to squeeze as much power as you can out of JavaScript. But other than those edge cases, the regular functionality that has that JavaScript has built in, all the data structures that they've already built for you is perfectly fine across board. So in my eyes, you don't need to spend a bunch of time learning every single data structure and algorithm that's out there, uh, especially not for someone in your case, Matt, where you're kind of in a Matt, like jack of all trades role and uh, just looking to kind of make sure that you can come up with a solution to a problem rather than trying to optimize for the scale of you know millions of people. Now here's here's a, a question and this is like a comparison that I've been making to myself or making on myself. I don't know how to say that, but what it kind of is is I think of and and I don't know whether this is even something that someone else has thought of probably, but for some reason and I think it's wrong having heard your your answer and other people's answers in the show in the past about this stuff is that for some reason I feel as though because I don't understand these underlying things, these algorithms and data structures and stuff, I feel like I'm sort of like the do-it-yourselfer and not the contractor is the best way I can kind of think of it in my head where the contractor knows, oh, you know, the you know the, the foundation has to be like this and this and that and the other thing, whereas I'm there and be like, well, I, I don't know, we need some studs for this wall and just like let's nail them up. Not knowing that there's this underlying, you know, thing in the house, whatever it is. Like, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know that there's slopes to this and this and that. And I don't know that there's vapor barriers and and whatever. So I feel 
like a like a do-it-yourselfer, which there's nothing wrong with that, of course, but there's a reason why do-it-yourselfers sometimes bring a, con- bring a contractor in. So is that is that a fair comparison or is it is it not? Because I hear, you know, there's people that go get hired and in the in, in the interview, excuse me, there is people that, you know, the the HR people and the technical people are asking them data structures and algorithms and stuff like this in the interview, which I understand is a different thing than what we're doing because we're not getting interviewed. But but then that person, you know, they, they answer all the questions, they do the algorithms, they do all the stuff, hooray, and then they get hired and they never use them. So, like, is that a fair comparison, if you understand what I mean? So is the person that knows the data structures and algorithms, that contractor, like that professional carpenter, whatever, and like not knowing them makes you like a do-it-yourselfer? Or are you like, you know, 90% of the way there without these data structures and algorithms? Like, I know it's this would just be your opinion, but like, what do you think on that? Yeah, you're you're like far farther than 90% there without the data structures and algorithms. I'll tell you what what happens with those interview situations. When you're going to an interview, when you know you're going to be applying to jobs, you treat it like, you know, a course. You treat it like, okay, I need to know these things. And so people go and do courses on interview questions. They go and do YouTube tutorials and they go and check, you know, definitions of all the different data structures and algorithms they can ask me, they can be asked about. And as soon as they're done those interviews and got hired, they just forget it all completely and never use it again. I'm not saying that that's the case for all jobs, but I'm going to say a very large portion of web development jobs out there are in that scenario. So really the only thing that the data structures and algorithms are proving to your interviewer is that you can, again, pick up concepts quickly because even they know that you most likely studied for this interview and it's not something that you use on a day-to-day basis. If, if they're a technical interviewer, if it's HR, then obviously they don't have any clue and whatever, like they don't, they don't care what, what your knowledge is anyway, um, in terms of like the actual knowledge. So it's not something you need to know. And, and the contractor example isn't the greatest one because websites for clients are not life critical. Whereas a contractor, when you're going and putting in plumbing, maybe it's not life critical, but it's a severe under, like, it you know, might, it might be life critical. It might exactly. be life critical. It like if you're doing it for critical. a hospital. Yeah. 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 Like exactly. Or, or even if you're doing it for a house and the pipe bursts and drowns someone, like it, it's, there's a possibility of it being life critical or mm. like serious damage critical. So there is a very big difference there. And in a website, when you're making, uh, you know, an e-commerce application for a client, maybe, or something like that, it's just, there's just less risk there. And there's also, again, you have the knowledge to, to learn it mm-hmm. on a case to case basis. You don't know it right now because you're not exercising those skills very often. That's just the, the blunt of the matter. Like you're just, we don't have a lot of extravagant, like we don't have a lot of different clients that require crazy amounts of custom development just not something that we do. We're not, we're not there right now in, the, in our dev shop. Um, but I'm guaranteeing you if we start ramping up and we have clients that require more complex stuff, you would start to ramp up with that demand. It's just literally time in workout. That's all it is. So right now you're focused more on Webflow and marketing and at business admin stuff. And you're learning about that. And I understand like it's, that's the definition of imposter syndrome where you think you're forgetting all your skills and stuff and you're, you're not you're not feeling adequate in your development. But as long as you can 
provide yourself with enough confidence that you can take on a, a problem and solve it step by step, break it off into smaller pieces and solve each piece, figure out which pieces are going to be more complicated, maybe ask for help. Like that's how almost anyone will ta- tackle a problem, even someone that's been doing it every day for 10 years. It's just the reality of it because every single project that we come upon, yes, we start to get better and better at certain things, but there's certain things that pop up that we've never heard of. There's certain like networking things. There's certain uh, data retrieval, like APIs are written differently every day. Stuff gets updated and we're just constantly battling that like stuff that we just don't know and learning how to get around it. All of us, like all the developers out there, and we all battle that same imposter syndrome where we go and look on Twitter and someone's doing this crazy like mapping stuff uh, all of a sudden in one line that we don't even know how to do. They were just working on that. That's why they're doing that. Like they were literally like they were, they needed that functionality. So they researched how to use that functionality, used it, then posted it on Twitter. That's their thing. If you were in need of a dot map, and I understand you probably don't understand what dot map is right now, but if you were in need of something that would iterate over an array of objects and then do something to each element on that array, you're not in the need for that. I'm not like frightening you or anything. I'm not, I'm not trying to scare you, but I'm I just saying- I think I actually used it once and I forgot what it was. <laughs> exactly. But that's, that is exactly how you should approach these things. Use them, forget them. If you use something every day, obviously you're not going to forget it. But if it's something you use once every six years, forget it. It's, there's mm-hmm. no point in keeping it in your mind and just have the confidence that you can, if you need it, you can come back and learn it again because you've already learned it once. You know, that's a, that's a really kind of good way to put it actually, because, you know, there are websites out there that are maybe not life. Well, some of them might be life critical, but like the vast, vast, vast majority of them are not. And the people who, let's say, maybe this isn't life critical, but it's something that is very critical is like a banking system. They're going to hire specialists. And if you get hired as a specialist, you're going to just be a specialist. You're not going to know how to make sliders. You know how to make sure that the money doesn't get stolen via cybersecurity. Like you're going to be so versed in security and so versed in modern security systems and how they work and security companies and how to like... Security, like just security, 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 security. But you're not going to be that secure when it comes to somebody calls you up and says, hey, like, I would like to have curbside pickup added to my website. I don't want anyone to make accounts. I just want them to submit orders and we'll we'll handle it via email. You know, if the email system goes down for half a day, I mean, it sucks, but that's not life critical. And that's what a lot of websites are at that sort of tier. But if but like there's a reason why the that a bank wouldn't come to us, you know, to maybe three people and say, can you, can you please manage our bank app? I'd be like, uh, no, uh, unless you're going to fund me and I'm going to literally hire everybody that's in the industry that I can find or that knows the industry, I should say that I can find because I don't know it. And there's no way, even with research in a year, even am I going to be ready to handle someone's $10 million bank account? Like there's no, there's no chance. There's no chance. You know, so there's there's different tiers of it. And you're right. Like how many websites out there are not life critical? And if we're it, or, and like if we're really talking about critical systems touching the regular sites, which are usually payment systems, you usually not necessarily, quote unquote, contract that out. You usually go to a provider like Stripe or whoever 
right? That will handle it for you because you don't know how to handle credit card numbers. Or in my case, I don't know how to handle it, but I also don't want to know how to handle it because I don't want there to be some random link that someone figured out how to get behind. And then, you know what I mean? Whereas like you would have to research handling money systems, you know, so much that you would never get the rest of the site done. You would never get the rest of the site done. You would have to research health systems if there's some reason there's like a life, literally life critical health website. You would have to research that so much and have so much redundancy and so much preparedness. And there's regulations probably on something like that, that it would just be like, like you are a health, you are a bank, you are a whatever developer. You're no longer just web developer that makes websites for the small business down the road. Yeah. You're no longer that. You are bank security specialist. You are a hospital web app person, right? That's yep. it. That's so exactly that's a, it. That's a good. That's a good point. So, and they wouldn't know all the data structures and stuff. That guy, the hospital person, would understand different ones than the the bank person. Okay, interesting. Okay, I like this. All right, let's move on. Um, should I be looking? Okay, this is the next question. Should I be looking at coding tools? like Strappy and others, or should I be trying to master all of the vanilla HTML, CSS, and JS from early through advanced programming methods? Now, the reason why I ask this is we always sort of preach on this show like, hey, you should start with vanilla, start with vanilla. But I know, you know, vanilla, basically, like I couldn't just quickly spin you up something because I'm, my skills aren't exercised every day, like as Mike has, has said, but I understand generally what's going on. And there's a difference here as well. So I'll bring this up. So there's no code tools, which some people hate, Webflow, stuff like that. But then there's also code tools, if you will, that will handle authentication, that will handle uh, the money, you know, the processing the credit card, stuff like that. And so in this learning learning journey, if I were to take it, you know, should I be looking at coding tools like, I don't know, Strappy is the first one that just kind of comes to mind. Uh, Stripe is like another one. Like, should I be using these code tools and like worrying about them? Or do I just use those in the moment and just stick with vanilla? Should I want to exercise my skills a bit? So this one's, this is an interesting question. Um, I think at the state that you're in, uh, because you've already have a good base of HTML, CSS and JavaScript knowledge, you've already built like sites on that platform. Mm-hmm. I think it is important to sometimes go out of your comfort zone and use other tools that can accomplish stuff faster for you. Cause that's the whole point of these other tools, right? Like, uh, Nux.js, like Strappy, all those tools are meant to make it so that it's easier for you to build sites and be able to make sites better and faster and stuff like that. So that those are the, that's the reason that those tools exist, not to overcomplicate things. And once you take it from that mindset and you go in. And again, the first thing that I do in any sort of new platform is I just take getting started tutorial, just get that, like how, how do you make a basic website? And I just sit there and watch it at quick speed. I sometimes skip forward past the moments that I don't want to watch. And I just see what people do to create that site. And once I see that and I'm like, and it clicks in my head that then I know that, okay, I, I should use this. If, if it happens that like, I just don't get it right off the bat from the getting started, I'm probably not going to use that tool. Like it doesn't make sense for me to invest a bunch of time in something that's going to just make it more complicated for me to do something else. And that's, and it's a progressive thing. As you do, like, 
as you get more used to one tool, you'll get better at getting other tools, right? So for you, um, in the sense, maybe it's not like a full framework. Maybe it's not a full uh, backend system that you would need to get used to. Maybe it's just like a library or something like that. Like maybe it's just Tailwind for the CSS part. Maybe just mm-hmm. getting used to how to use Tailwind. And then with that will come Webpack, right? Because you'll have to, you have to like Tailwind has starter projects with Webpack built in. You'll have to use Webpack. Once you have the idea of those two, it's a lot easier for you for you to learn Vue and a lot easier for you, you to learn Nux.js and, and React because now you have the idea of how those sites are built, how, how to set up the development environment, how to use VS Code properly, how to set all that up. And again, it just builds on top of each other. The reason I say that, like, to look at other stuff sometimes in our situation is because we're in a very different situation than someone that's working at, like, a, a big agency. At a big agency, they need to use stuff for five, six years, like the same exact technology, because it just doesn't make sense for them to ever switch for, for that. Like every, you know, every year to switch to a new piece of technology would be massive overhead for them. For us, because we make this podcast, because we're going to be making the HTML things website with all the new material, it's kind of our job to use newer technology and use different frameworks and use different libraries, and then report back to the audience about how it's going to be. So that's how I like to think about it. So whenever I spin up a new project, I always reach for at least something new, not everything. Like I'm like, every time I reach for a new project, I'm always tempted to like clean slate and use like a a new framework, a new library, a new backend, literally everything new. But I try to stop myself from doing that. So instead I'll use something that I'm already comfortable with, which is for me, Vue.js, and then use like a new headless CMS which is strappy. So I'll keep something consistent. So for you, again, maybe it it is keeping it vanilla and just adding Tailwind on top of your vanilla and seeing if you can optimize that. And then after you're done that, adding something else to it or something like that. And just seeing if you can like, just use like a small, a small library and then build on top of that. Something that will actually make your life easier though. That's the idea. Does that make sense? Yeah, because, you know, in the past, we've looked at something like, hey, let's for learning and for, you know, maybe even for hat, whatever. Let me let me try to connect to an API, you know, like that's something that like I don't haven't really done much. So it's like, hey, you know, let's let's like warm that skill up and let's, you know, connect. Connect to an API, see if I get see if I can get that working. That's like one thing, you know, that's like that's like one thing. And then that leads you to, hey, you know what? Like, there's a lot of information coming in from this API. I kind of would like to be able to style this quickly, and I don't really want to keep designing and reinventing the wheel effectively in my own vanilla CSS. And that would lead you to Tailwind. Now, whether you start at Tailwind with a different project or whatever, like you're saying, it doesn't really matter. The point of the matter is, is like you're saying, Tailwind leads to Webpack, and then like the the trail goes on. Exactly. But it's it's but it's better than a snowball effect where it's like a runaway because we've said, for example. You know, just for just for fun, just for myself, I said, you know what? I want to build a, a movie management software. You know, you got a big Blu-ray collection. Let's, you know, let's make a movie management software. And then I immediately start riddling off this stuff. Oh, let's, we, let's connect to these two databases because they both don't have it. Okay, we got to pull this stuff in. Okay, now we got to have like a middleware there because we got to pull this stuff in and like make sure this works. Oh, this API supports, you know, cores. This one doesn't. This one supports JSON. This one supports JSONP only. Okay, we got to move, you know, and it already, already it starts getting crazy 
And then you start getting like errors like, oh, we got to connect to this. Oh, we can't connect to this API this often. They only want you to do so many requests. Okay, so we got to actually store the information. Okay, now we got a database. You know what I mean? Like here, like here we go. Like it's it's one of those situations where it starts getting out of control very, very quickly. And I know that that's like a continuing and re- very repetitive sentiment in this episode is the snowball effect. But like, I really think that this is actually, you know, having like having talked about this, this really is something that becomes a problem because here's the thing. So, and I, I'm guilty of this. And I think a lot of other people are guilty of this as well is when you look for something, like when you look at something like Mike will say, I'm working on Vue.js. So then I go, okay, let me read up on it. And I read up on it and I like either don't understand what the hell they're talking about because they're talking in the context of someone that understands Vue.js. So I don't know what they're talking. I don't know what routers are. I don't know how to pack all this stuff. And I'm so like, it's so beyond me, but it's really not that beyond me, but it feels like it is. And it's because I haven't like built up to it. And so it's like, I really need to reach for the correct tool, seemingly like reach for the correct tool at the correct time. But don't reach for like a whole pack of like literally a whole pack of tools, like get all these APIs and get this web pack going and get this and get that and then move this ass in here and then pull this other thing in here. No, is bootstrap over here. OK, let's get bootstrap in here. And oh, bootstrap's now working with my, you know, it's just like, like how, how can you put all that together? And in the past, I've been like, oh, I'll just read up on it and then I'll know it. It ain't going to work. And then you're just going to be like angry or me. In my case, I get pissed off when I don't understand something. So I, I get pissed off straight up. And now I'm pissed off, which means I'm not learning as much. And then I'm just angry and I give up. And yep. so it like it needs to be that sort of gradual thing instead of me being like, I'm going to design the new Facebook, which I wouldn't do. But I'm going to design the new Facebook or something like like Facebook spent years, like, like years and years and years of just looking at Facebook from a technical perspective. Like, just think about uploading a picture. You can edit photos on there to some extent. They got the like the photo storage. Now you're talking about databases and image processing and transcoding videos. Like, look at how many like t- pieces of technology are in something like Facebook. That's sort of the runaway you can hit, especially as a solo developer on a particular project. So reach for the right tools is what I'm getting from Mike here is re- reach for the right tool, but just don't go overboard. Don't go like two hand like, hey, you know, I would like for the CSS to be more convenient. Boom you know, reach for the tailwind. Oh, this is interesting. This tailwind thing's interesting. I can become more efficient with it, more efficient with it. Learn a little web pack, more efficient, more efficient. View now, more efficient, more efficient. And then there it goes. Yep. I think like uh, you're just a quick example of the API thing, right? So when you're pulling information from an API, that leads you to a, like a lot of different rabbit holes. One of those things is yes, styling. The other thing is like managing that data. Like where do you put that data? So then you look at local storage and then you think like, well, how do I persist it? Maybe I want it offline or something. Then you look at PWA. Um, and then also like, how do I render this data on the screen? So then you're looking at like create element in JavaScript and all that. And you realize, well, that seems inefficient. So how do I do that better? And that's where you bring in, you go into like Vue.js. And that's where you go into React or Svelte. Because those are the things like that's the exact rabbit hole that kind of led me down that path where I was like, well, like I'm getting all this data. I want to make it easy for me to just put it in the HTML. Like, why can't I just, you know, literally just put this data in the HTML and it like do a for loop and create all the posts if I'm getting posts from an API. And once I learned, like once I thought that thought, then I started to understand, oh, that's why you need those frameworks. And I delved into Vue for, in my case. Some people will do, will do React. Like for you, it might be Svelte. 
because it's like a, a an easier one and then like it's the more modern one and it's kind of it's it's just basic JavaScript really. So again, it's it's where you're at in your journey, where the technology's at at the state of at the state of like the JavaScript framework technology and the JavaScript library technology and what you're what you're struggling with and what you think should be done better. And once you get to that, that's when you start reaching for things. And the other thing too is, and like this is more of a personal uh, like issue too, is like I have to be gradual with it. You know, like what you're saying, um, I have to be gradual with it because me personally, and I don't know whether you have this, you have this trouble too, Mike, but I don't, I don't have like a short fuse. I don't like lose my temper fast. It takes a while, from, it takes a lot for me to lose my temper, but I get disgruntled quickly. I get like angry quickly. And then I'm like, now I'm just like pissed off. And now there's too much on my table. Like you're saying, oh, just like go to the API, then go to this and go to that. The instant it's like, oh, we got to go here. Now we got to go here. Now we got to go here. And I don't understand what I'm doing. I'm just like immediately either I'm super anxious and scared, like literally scared, or I'm like really angry. And I'm just like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. So for someone like me, that's a bit of like a firecracker, you know, admittedly, I'm a bit of a firecracker sometimes. I ne- I really should kind of calm down and just do each tool and realize that, you know, it takes a while to learn, say, Tailwind. It takes a while to learn. Like, it took me a while to learn the DOM flow, you know, realistically. I was just freaking putting in position relatives and position stickies and position absolutes all over the damn place. I was just trying stuff. That's how I learned. I just kept trying stuff and trying stuff. And I and I forget those days. I forget those days. And I and I instantly think, oh, I should just know React or I should just maybe not React, but like, oh, I should just know tailwind like what am i an idiot like that's what i think to myself and then i i start getting disgruntled and it starts you know becoming a problem and then and then and now my time is not as productive as it was now i'm there for five hours but i'm angry for five hours and i don't learn anything because i'm i'm angry at myself because i think i'm an idiot and it's this whole it's this whole thing so i understand that one's very a very personal issue but i'm sure other people have the same problem is is that if I don't understand something, I'm just I'm just immediately angry at myself or scared. <laughs> so um, I ain't great, but I mean, it's something that I need to work on. But it's also something that reaching for the right tool at the right time and learning the tool and spending the time right, help, like learning that tool will make it better and will make it easier and will literally add to my digital tool chest, if you will. Um. Okay, last question, last uh, little thing here. And this is more of a business question, but still. Uh, as a small business owner, I have to wear a lot of hats. I know that's the cliche, but it's true. Given our current situation, Mike, should I even be bothering with advancing my programming skills? Should I just work on making money? Should I just work on business skills? Now, here's the reason. So Mike and I have had like several conversations and blah, blah, blah. And there is a thing where a lot of business owners treat their business like their baby is usually how it's referred to. And there's like this uh, inherent uh, lack of trust with others. Like, oh, you know, you're not going to do this right. I'll do it. Because you're worried about how something is done. You're worried about how the customer is going to perceive you, whatever. But there comes a point where when you want to reach the next step, you have to delegate. You have to. You have to delegate. You can't be wearing all the hats all the time when the hats are too big. You know, if if you're really, 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 really into making some app and the app is really growing. I can't learn all the the login systems and do the marketing and help. There's there's no way. And that's just one app, right? 
And so there comes a point where you have to start delegating. Now, I said we work with a, with a contractor consistently, so we're already delegating some stuff. But here's the question. So our future, Mike and my future, is always in the air in, in that if we start hitting it big time, you know, are we going to become more managers? Because we we can't learn everything and we can't hold everything down. Now, that like that's a that's a big if that's a that's a maybe and we'll decide our own path when the business starts rolling in, if it ever does, like that, if it becomes just too much, like someone's going to have to be a manager. And so with our, with our current, uh, with our current situation, you know, what do you think, Mike? Is it, is it even worth me looking at programming skills or is programming something that I should be delegating? And at this time I should be looking at making money online, attracting more customers, doing like, like, what do you, what do you think? Because I think that this is a situation that many entrepreneurs are going to, going to find themselves in because I, you know, you want to understand everything. You want to understand every, every aspect of the business. But if we started shipping, I don't know, something, we started shipping, I don't know, I have an iPhone in my hand. We started shipping iPhones for some reason to customers. I don't understand how the trucks work. (laughs) You know, if you if trucker call, if, if a trucker calls me and says, I'm stuck on the side of the road here, I got a blown gasket or something, I need help. I could be like, well, I hope you know what you're doing because I can come over there and help you with manual labor, but I don't freaking know what that means. So like, there's no way you're going to understand all the aspects of the business and you're going to have to delegate. So is programming something that should just be delegated at, at something like our stage? What do you think? So this is a tough one because I understand where you're coming from. Um, you're having frustrations with the programming side and you've been mostly focused on the business side. But the issue comes in with what – like you can focus on the marketing in that. But what are we marketing at that point? Because mm-hmm. I get I get the idea of starting passive income initiatives. But usually they're surrounded around some sort of a niche. In our case right now, HTML, the things wise, that niche is purely web development. Which is why, like, for me, like, I, I enjoy it. Like, I enjoy this, like, sometimes struggling and figuring it out and just trying new things and all that. So, for me, it's not a very difficult decision. Like, I just sit there and I'll, I'll, I'm happy to code and then report on what I'm coding. But I think the idea is that to, to be successful in this kind of niche thing, we have to figure out what to put all of your efforts into or at least some of your efforts into where you're also enjoying it, also developing a, you know, heightening your whatever other skills that you're doing. Because I know like you're, you're very into also into gaming, right? That's your other kind of big platform that you like to go on. You have your own gaming podcast and all that. Is that where you should be spending the extra time to develop that niche out? Or is that too saturated of a market because I know like to get a passive income business off the ground, it has to be like, you have to have the expertise in whatever the niche that you're in. You have to have uh, the marketing skills. You have to have, you you don't necessarily need the web development skills. Cause you like you said, you could easily use no code tools or uh, contract that out to someone or whatever. Like that's not a necessity, but I feel like the necessities are, it has to be something where, there is a demand for something, whether it be learning, whether it be entertainment, whether it be uh, a product, whatever. There has to be that demand. And 
then you just put your effort into making that like getting that like issue resolved for other people again whether that be just creating a product for them or teaching them or entertaining them so that's where the difficulty in just removing yourself from coding comes in if you remove yourself from coding then you have to full full go into something else that would prop up into a standalone like business or passive income project or whatever. So I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. Like, do you have an idea for that already? Or is that something that you want to look into? Uh, I know we've talked about it before. Like I'm just, I'm kind of just like talking to the audience for the audience's sake at this point to bring it up. But uh, what's your idea on that front? Yeah. Like I would say, I would say that, I, I personally don't think I would leave the coding, at least not anytime soon uh, with our current situation, you know, to be clear. Um, but it is like sort of a question I wanted to bring up because I feel as though a lot of entrepreneurs are probably at that crossroads where maybe they've built up some design agency to the point where they have clients calling them for web apps. And now that the designer can't just use a no code tool that they're familiar with, they're going to have to call up a custom developer or call up someone who's familiar with some sort of web app building tool or something. And, you know, they're at that point where it's like, you know, should I just be delegating? And we're not anywhere close to a point where we would just be uh, delegating necessarily. And you're right, you know, passive income is slow in the start. You got to put a lot of effort in, you know, it's hit and miss. Maybe you'll make it, maybe you won't. And like, yeah, I'm on another gaming podcast. That one's just a hobby. It's not monetized in any way, but um like, you're right. Like, if we were to make that, like, if I were to say, you know what, that's it. You know, this gaming podcast is going to become a passive income initiative. You know, that's a lot of work. And I would say that the niche of gaming isn't really a niche. So then it's more so like, you know, programming is not necessarily a niche, but it kind of is. Like, you can go into... You know, there's niches break down into I'm in the react niche. I only do react all day. I only do view all day. Those, you know, you can really specifically, really, really, really nail it down. Um, but with gaming, it's sort of like. It, it'd be hard to do that. Uh, I know that like when we talk about. Like our niche is a, is a good example, like our niche is sort of like the we always try to like break things down so that it, they're easier to understand for beginners, but people that are always, that are just getting into concepts. And of course we will slowly have to touch on more advanced concepts as we go, because we're covering and covering and covering so much uh, in this podcast. But uh, yeah, like I don't see a, a point right now where leaving the programming side of things would really help. I also don't, see a point I think maybe it maybe it would be a more of a reactionary thing more than like a desire if you make if that makes sense where if we start writing blog posts and you know people are hungry hung, hungry for more and it would require me to learn you know so much that I just can't but then there's also like the marketing side of things or something that's just like screaming and like people need help it, I think it would be a reactionary thing where I would go, you know what? I got to hire a programmer. I have to just deal with these orders for merch or I don't know something. Or I have to just deal with this. I have to just deal with the ser server admin stuff. Or I have to just deal with... I think it would be more reactionary in our case. But it's also something that... 
I don't know what you would what you would say. I I think like I think you an- you nailed the answer there. It is reactionary. Mm-hmm. Like that is the answer to to the problem of like should I hire out or should I do whatever. It's absolutely one of those things where you'll know that you, where you need to spend your time to generate the most to, to to keep up your interest, generate the most income, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because at that point, you're going to be like, why am I spending time building this out when when I spend like 10 minutes on Twitter, I can generate X amount of income? I'm just giving you an example. Like that's not actually how it works. But I'm just saying if there, if there ever becomes a point where all of a sudden you writing a blog post generates way more information, generates way more content and income and stuff like that than you spending six hours on fixing a header, that's – exactly the point where you're like okay i'm hiring out because i can spend my time way more wisely doing yes. something that generates way more value for us doing something else and just putting more putting money that money that i'm making part of it into uh you know the coding aspect and that's what i think it works across the board for everyone out there like like coders that turn into entrepreneurs we'll all go through this process of like slowly migrating away from coding and go into management once they start a startup and stuff like that. Not, not everyone obviously starts a startup, but different paths, it, different paths, exactly. you know, whatever. But the people that do, that's kind of the path that I see as the most common. You start with like full coding and only coding. And then mm-hmm. you slowly get away from it because you have to get to the marketing and you become the brand and you become everything and you start hiring different parts. But there's some people that never want to go away from coding and that's fine. You know what I mean? They'll hire out that marketing aspect. They know that they're not, maybe they're not as good at it. So they'll hire it out and they'll continue coding and like a different person will be their brand, but it works differently for everyone. And you'll know when it, when the time comes, what to put your effort into. At least that's how I'm doing it right now. Like that's how I'm like my, my headspace is at. Like if it ever comes to the point where I know that coding has plateaued for me and I know that if I put more effort into this, I'll get more this or whatever like that. Like it's kind of ambiguous what you want because you do want to have some enjoyment of what you're doing as well as the income. So that's why I'm like, I'm saying these things so ambiguously. I don't want to say like just for, you know, just putting your time into whatever generates income, but being miserable isn't the right way to go as well. Like you got to split your time and effort and stuff like that for that. But regardless, that's I think you nailed it with with when you said uh, it, it's reactionary. It's absolutely one hundred percent a reactionary thing. And the other thing is like you and I were talking before the podcast with no code versus code. Like right now you're delving a lot more into no code. That's a big. That's a, has a big audience. That is a, its own niche at this point because whenever someone wants to build something that's not a web developer, and I would say the majority of people out there that want to build something are not web developers. They're turning to look at the no code tools. So, you know, giving guidance to those people from a, the background of a web developer is, I think, a great spot to be in. Yeah. I mean, it's a unique perspective because there's, you know, some web developers, they, you know, just to speak to the no code point, uh, some web developers, you know, they want everything to be custom and they hate the no code tools. But we're at this we're at this sort of small business inflection point, if that's a thing, where the no code tools are just faster for some stuff. And the customer doesn't notice. The customer doesn't care. The customer asked me to, like, build them a marketing site and I built them it. They didn't say, build me a marketing site, but only custom. I don't want any of that no-code crap. You know, they don't say that. 
it's like an industry thing that people will kind of argue against or for or whatever, right? There's, you know, it's back and forth. And, you know, you're right in that, you know, if we if we were to, you know, grow to a point where, you know, we we start becoming like a conglomerate of some sort where we start having websites all over the place, like, hey, this website went up for sale. We know we can make good money off of it. Let's buy the website. We, you know, we do an acquisition, whatever. Hooray. We make this acquisition. Now it's like, OK, well, now we got regular stuff to manage, like our stuff that we're doing right now, but then also this other thing. So then it's like, oh, OK, well. You know, who's going to be the manager? Do we hire a manager? Do I become the manager? Does Mike become the manager? Do we split the do we split the uh, the responsibilities? You know, what do we do? And I think it is like what you're saying. You're right. You know, it's reactionary. It'll be like, hey, Mike, do you still want to be coding or like, do you care? Oh, I don't care. Oh, OK, OK. So Mike's available potentially. OK, what does Matt want to do? Oh, OK, OK. All right. Do we hire a manager or do one of us just become it? You know, it, it is, you know, it is in the moment reactionary. It's what you want to do. And you might screw up. You might go full management, absolutely hate it, and then be like, you know what? I really want to be coding for 50% of my time at least. I need to hire a manager. I need to hire an assistant. I need to hire. And it's re- it's just reactionary. It's the same thing where we right off the bat hire an accountant. We don't want to touch the finances. We hire an accountant. Boom, that's it, right? It's just that's something that we like steered into. So if Mike and I wanted to steer in hard into selling, uh, I got Galaxy Buds in front of me. If we want to steer hard into specifically selling Galaxy Buds for some reason, um, then we would, you know, steer hard into that. That would be a decision that we would make. We would make decisions to steer hard into that that niche, I guess. Uh, but you know, eventually we would be like, you know what, like, I don't like being the salesman anymore. I want to be the person that makes that slider now. I want to be that coder again. So, you know, you're, rea- you're reacting. You react here, react again, react again, you're constantly reacting. So I think that's probably the answer uh, that we've, you know, kind of uh, went over. And that's uh, that's good. Uh, I That's all my questions. Uh, that was a really good conversation, to be honest. Um, I feel really good about that, not to pat myself on the back. But uh, good responses, Mike, as well. Good insight. And, uh, I mean, that clears up a lot. And uh, hopefully, hopefully these tips will help me generate more content for hat now that the site is sort of wrapping up and almost pretty well done minus the content of course so yeah um weekly growth goals i guess yeah i mean i'm literally speechless we've we've covered everything (laughs) usually i'm not usually i can transition pretty quick but i'm literally speechless so weekly growth goals uh mike what's your what's your weekly growth goals what's it at how's it going what was it what's your new one go ahead Okay, so weekly growth goal for last week was exercise every day, at least 20 minutes. I did that. I already clicked it off on the weekly growth goals application, um, which is looking really good at this point. Uh, I was kind of hesitating from doing a full, like hard launch, I guess, and announcing it on all the social media platforms. But I think it's at that point where we can, you know, announce it and get people using it. So if you haven't already, check out weeklygrowthgoals.com. It's where we're going to be tracking not only Matt and I's weekly growth goals, and Matt, you got to get on there and use it more. Uh, and we're also going to be tracking the community's weekly growth goals so we can all kind of keep keep uh, keep an eye on each other and make sure that we're progressing and becoming better at whatever we want to do. Again, it's not really a, a very structured system. So you can do whatever the heck you want. It can be a weekly growth goal based on just, you know, doing something fun or it can be a weekly growth goal to actually, you know, learn a skill or do something better for yourself. So just get on there. 
create an account and uh, start adding weekly growth goals and keep track of it. Just go back every once in a while, make sure that uh, you're succeeding and everyone else around you is succeeding by encouraging. Uh, my weekly growth goal for this week, I've already put it on there, is to hit Twitter really hard. So I want to grow on Twitter. I think Twitter is a great platform for developers to kind of share knowledge, share what they're doing and uh, keep keep in touch. So I want to grow our audience on there. So I'm going to be posting a lot on Twitter over the next week and hopefully moving forward uh, because it kind of generates a habit when you do it for a week. And so if you're not subscribed to us on Twitter, we're at HTML everything on Twitter. Check it out and start some conversations with me because that's what we're all about on the Twitter. Awesome. And uh, my weekly growth goal was to investigate figure out whatever on our Google ads and uh, Amazon affiliate accounts. I did not do that because I actually got some inspiration. So I was finishing up uh, some finishing touches on one of the blog post pages last week. Like I said, on the day of the podcast release last week, I believe anyway, early last week. And uh, I, you know, I finished it, you know, I, I hit that goal. No problem. Like I said, I would, but then I, I was looking up one of the features and I really wanted there to be sort of like a sticky uh, div on something. And I went sort of looking at one of the Webflow um, uh, tutorials on how to get something to work. And I just kind of saw a design that they had. And like, I haven't, I didn't copy it verbatim or anything, but it gave me some ideas on how to sort of spruce up our, our uh, look. So what I did was I've added a whole new author section. I have all new like pictures show up this, that, and the other thing. There's like a sticky div now. It just looks a lot like flashier. Like it's still a, a, a standard blog. It's nothing like it's not, it's not like I've reinvented the wheel, uh, but it just looks more professional and it like kind of clears out what I call the meta section, which is the, you know, published on updated on share. There was also the author there that's gone. There's a sidebar now that changes to like an area below and blah, blah, blah. So all that stuff is new. There's like a whole thing that authors can fill out. And if they don't want to, then they just cannot if they don't want to. Uh, and it's all dynamic and you could put your social links in there and stuff like that. So if we have guest writers, you know, the thought is if we have guest writers and they want to write on our site, but then they want to like promote their Twitter, they can absolutely put their Twitter link, their GitHub link, stuff like that, their email in there. Uh, and just like a generic website, if they have like a, some sort of portfolio site, but if they don't want to put any of that, you know, it's all dynamic, you know, leave the Facebook out, leave everything out, leave your photo out, leave, don't even, don't even associate yourself with the article. You just write the article and you can just be anonymous uh, and then nothing will show up. It'll just, it'll just say the published and all that stuff, that, all that type of stuff. So I got all the shares working. I got everything working. So yeah, we're, we're fired up in that way. So I kind of changed my weekly growth goal, uh, from that to this. So now Mike is going to start, you know, dumping content in and the homepage is done. The blog posts are done. The, uh, podcast page is done with players and every other thing too. So everything is done and ready to go. Really, that's it. Uh, we, I want to start like gathering some information for, uh, there's like a community spotlight thing we want to do that's kind of cool. So I'm trying to sort of figure out the infrastructure around that. But the hat site is probably going to release really, really soon, at least in piecemeal. Like we'll, you know, obviously we'll add to it, but we'll probably have like the blog posts up and then and or the show notes or just the show notes or something like that. But it, we're going to try to get away from just the landing page of like, hey, this is coming soon. So that uh, is exciting. It's exciting news, uh, and uh, I'm ready to sort of show this off and start making some content rather than sitting here fiddling around with the the Webflow site for so long. 
so that's that. That's where I'm at. And uh, I don't know what my next weekly growth goal should be. Uh, maybe it should just be to release the site. Maybe I should actually figure out our ads and affiliate. I think I'll do that. I'll, I'll move that goal. Uh, so for this week, I'm going to you know, investigate and figure out the status of and try to figure out how to use or whatever. Uh, make sure everything's up and running for our Amazon affiliates and our Google ads uh, profile accounts, whatever you want to call them. And see how that goes. But yeah, uh, that's where I'm at. And also, I do need to use the Weekly Growth Goals app more, Mike, because I it takes so long to get me to use something. It's 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 actually horrible. It'll be like, this will help your life. And I'll try and be like, that was great. I'm not going to use this again. <laughs> <laughs> like, no matter what it is, it's just it's just it takes forever. And then one day I just get stubborn enough where I'm just like, you know what? That's it. And I just start using it and use whatever it is religiously after that. So that's just I don't know. That's just me. Uh, it might be weird, but that's just the way I am. <laughs> so, so I'm at that point. Uh, but, um, I mean, that's the show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I, I certainly did. And, uh, remember if you want to support episodes like this and us in general, that's patreon.com slash HTML, all the things check out the tier, the tiers and give that a go. And many thanks to our $3 tier patrons, Sean from RabbitWorks JavaScript on youtube.com slash RabbitWorks JavaScript, Garrick from Local Path Computing and Web Design on localpathcomputing.com, Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital on blueblackdigital.com, Chris from Selfmade Web Designer on selfmadewebdesigner.com, Tim from The Web Hacker on thewebhacker.com, DL Ford from dlford.io, Pim Hashdash from Nine Block Media on nineblockmedia.com, Jason from Geek Life Radio on geekliferadio.com, and uh, Michael Curry from MC Web Studio via mcwebstudio.ca. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on. And this outro will sign us off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. Web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things. Signing off.